Chris and Peter. For the first time in almost three years. Mm-hmm. Good morning, my love. Good morning, my love. We are sitting in the house that we bought in November. There's barely any furniture. The floors are dirty because we haven't run the Roomba in a couple weeks because we were out of town. We just got back from beautiful Bora Bora. Thank you, friends, for making such an incredible vacation a reality. I don't know. That's a story unto itself. We'll tell that at some point. I guess we're restarting this thing. We Let's just talk about Bora Bora because we're part of the reason that I'm restarting this is because we had that conversation over dinner where... A couple of our friends said that they really enjoyed waking up with us and having coffee and, um, you know, kind of sharing, I don't know, our, our morning time as their morning time, which is like a fun parasocial thing. Like we can asynchronously live together in this fun age of technology. Not always enlightenment, definitely technology though. What do you think? How do you feel about starting it back up? I feel good about it I I feel good about it because sitting and talking in the morning is something we do regardless mm-hmm. whether we're recording or not um, so it's just easy to just turn the recorder on and just have our morning it's kind of funny because when we first started this podcast I was waking up really early for grad school and you were waking up early too for work and now you wake up early and I'm no longer in grad school, so I'm waking up. I woke up today at noon. Thanks, Bora Bora, for that time zone shift, and now I'm waking up super late. Um, so it's kind of funny. It's like I'm having my first cups of coffee of the day, but you're, you've are you been up for a while, but it's still waking up with Liz and Peter because mm-hmm. I'm waking up. Yep, Liz is waking up. That's That's really what it is. It's really waking up with Liz, and Peter is also there. He's been there for a while. That's just not as catchy of a title, right? Right. No point in changing the title, now. So, Bora Bora. Long story short about Bora Bora, we went to Bora Bora for a friend's birthday. Um, I swear we're not that bougie in real life, but we got to step out of real life for a moment to celebrate a close friend of ours. And it was what we're there from the 28th or 29th, right? Something like that? To... Uh, of December to the 6th, or the 5th is when we left, of January, got back on the 6th, Uh, 24 hours of travel that was. But yeah, it all kicked off with having to drive from Kansas City to LA because Southwest decided to not be an airline for a while, Um, which, hey, a federal government privatize uh, Southwest, have a national airline that competes with all the other airlines and make it like the USPS. Uh, just gets by. It's decent. It's, you know, it's better than average, um, and it does everything that the other ones don't want to do. Uh, big endorsement. But yeah, so we drove through the southern route from Kansas City to Los Angeles. So we went through with two of our with two of our really close really friends. close friends and neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they live basically a ten minute walk away uh, from our new house. And we ran through Kansas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Texas, Arizona, Nevada, and California. Did yep. we hit Colorado at one point? 
No, did we go around Colorado? Basically, yeah, that's the southern route. So we wanted to avoid the Rockies because of the weather, you know, unpredictable snow, yada, yada, yada. Um, Which we did hit snow in New Mexico at one point. And a couple inches came down very fast and then we were out of it. Um, Elevation, it's a hell of a thing. We drove the 23 and a half hours over three days. We stopped twice, two sleeps in between because one of our group was pregnant, not Liz. Ha ha, that didn't change. Um, yeah, and so then we got to LAX with about four hours left to our flight. Uh, met up with all of our crew. There were 11 of us and jumped on a plane to Tahiti, spent the night in Tahiti. That was fun. I walked around the resort by myself at about two in the morning. That was great time to write and kind of like see the water and think about what was out there and the view was even better during the day have a few pictures might post those uh publicly delete my social media since last time we talked everybody that's another story and then in the morning we kind of chilled had breakfast and then jumped on another plane to bora bora and then took a boat from one side of the island to the other to the four seasons went to a bungalow on stilts over the water all of us had our own each couple, anyway. There was one thruple. Oof, so kinky. <laughs> and what else? Fill in some gaps. Um, it was just really relaxing. Like, there was lunch as soon as we got there, I'm pretty sure. We went to the pool. Um, the day after we got there, our friends were kind enough to um, schedule massages for all of us. Mm, spa day. We had a spa day where we went at, uh, Peter and I's massage was at 10.15 in the morning. Uh, it was a lovely couple's massage. It was perfect for both of us and our respective preferences for massages. And um, the robes they gave us were luxurious. And then afterwards, we went to the spa, had a little private um, hot tub that wasn't too hot because the weather was warm anyway. It was mm-hmm. this like beautifully temperature temperatured little spa hot tub that faced the ocean. So we got to sit and enjoy that. And that was one of my favorite parts. And then what did we do after that? We went back to the room and got ready. I think we every so every day was pretty much the same, um, in a really great way. We'd wake up around for me around six, Peter a little bit earlier. It was a four hour time difference. So six o'clock six a. there six AM yeah. there is ten AM here. Um in Central Standard Time. And so we would wake up around six and have coffee for a couple of hours. Um out on our back porch of our back patio of our bungalow facing the water. And Peter would usually work out and we would listen to an audiobook he was reading and just, yeah, enjoy some coffee. And then around 8 a.m., we would walk down to the main part of the resort and have a breakfast buffet. And usually we would join some friends there. Our friends would be getting breakfast around the same time. And then after like an hour or so breakfast, it'd be around 930 and I think we would mostly um, go to the beach or go to the swimming pool and just relax and talk talk and chill. We got so close to so many people during this trip, mainly because we just sat around and talked and 
you know, there were various excursions where there would be one or two people who would like either not be able to go or not want to go. And then those people would end up having, you know, really nice conversations one-on-one or, or, you know, as a group of three. Um, yeah, it was, I don't know. It, it was our friend, um, whose birthday it was, she is known for kind of being a super connector, right? Like she has a lot of different groups of friends and many, many close friends. I think she's someone who's able to actually maintain more close friendships than anybody else that I know, you know, cause I only want to have a handful of close people, but I feel like she has dozens of people out there. And they're who, all like long distance friendships. Yeah. Mostly. And so I can only imagine that she's on the phone all the time or texting all the time, or, you know, she's got so many different group chats going or, or that sort of thing. And you know, that fills her cup. It's just, it's not my thing. It's her thing, um, to each their own. But one of the benefits is there that we got to enjoy was we got to mix a few different groups of people who don't normally overlap. Like we've all traveled with Natalie at, or with her at different points and she wouldn't mind us saying her name, I don't think. Um, I'll ask her before I publish this. And, like, she... I don't know, she just brought those people together and uh, everybody meshed well. Um, especially us with our KC crew who spent, you know, the first three days driving across the country uh, together. Uh, but, yeah, like, nobody... There was no salty moments that I observed. Like, everybody was really chill, had a good time. Um, you know, there were fun little excursions. I went snorkeling for the first time. That was fun. Uh, we saw reefs that took, you know, what, 15, what did the guy say? Like 15 to 20,000 years to develop, uh, so slowly. And there were like clams inside of them of all different colors and all kinds of multicolored fish. And just like, you know, I don't know, they were so docile and just swam right up to you. And then the same thing with the sharks. Like one of our friends got uh, a little coral burn and he was bleeding a little bit. And he asked our guide, like, Hey, should I get in the water with these sharks? Like, isn't that an issue? And he's like, oh, they're, you know, they've been habituated to dislike human blood because they know that they get fed real fish by humans. So you're completely fine, which sounded wild at the time, but he got in the water with them, with the, the sharks and no, nothing happened. Absolutely. Just exactly like I had said, nothing happened. And they were just very chill, like to the point where you could reach out and touch them. Uh, rays coming up to us, you know, like one of the guides basically had a ray by the back of the like scruff of the neck and was just like kind of like leading him around, you know, so that people could pet him. That's how docile these uh, fish were. Uh, Liz, you even got in snorkeled for a little while. I did. I'm not a strong swimmer, so I had my life jacket on and the guide was leading me around with a floaty. Um, that was tied to a rope and he was dragging me around so that I could snorkel a little bit. Got in, did that, went back to the boat because I was over it and everyone else went and swam with sharks at a different location and that was so cool to see and I took some pictures of everyone. Um, but yeah, we got back from that and like I said, every day was kind of the same. Around 2, 2.30 we would go to a, a, a lunch somewhere all together. We would just have lunch and have a drink there. And then, you know, after lunch, a lot of people would either go back to their bungalows and relax and take a nap or go, yeah, or go swimming. Um, And then every night around six, we would reconvene for a really nice dinner somewhere at one of the like four or five restaurants on the, at the Four Seasons. And 
um, have a nice long dinner with drinks and <clears throat> and then we all go to bed and do it again the next day and it was just really really the food was really really good breakfast lunch yeah. and dinner the food was excellent breakfast it, think sumptuous buffet your classic hotel omelet station you know eggs to order uh, list of ingredients uh, you got lots of cold meats uh, three different types of smoked fish, salmon, tuna, swordfish, um, pastries out the wazoo, so many different pastries, um, a mix of traditional and tropical types of stuff, all kinds of fruit. What else? Um, I guess a lot of people really enjoyed the French toast and the pancakes in our group. Mm, uh-huh. Yeah, we had a bunch of people with sweet tooths, which, you know, that's totally my thing too. Um and then lunches, they were all different. There were a couple places that we went to twice. Oh, shout out to the Tahitian raw fish and coconut milk. I've never eaten so much raw fish in a week. This will go down in history as the week that I ate the most. Like, the highest quality raw fish, too. It was also thick and so fresh and so... Oh, uh, another thing, our, we had to sign a bunch of waivers when we first got there. And one of them uh, was related to... The uh, you could do deep sea fishing while you were there, and they would uh, cut and cook to order whatever you caught, but they weren't responsible for you eating it because it wasn't caught by a professional fisherman, i.e., you, which I found to be a really funny little caveat. Yeah, we didn't do that, but but that was an option. We played volleyball one uh, afternoon, which was really fun. Played volleyball. We went. Um, we had we were there over New Year's. Oh, uh, yeah. Talk about New Year's. How did we spend the New Year? So we spent the day the way we normally do. And then we all got ready in our nicest clothes for dinner. What'd you wear? Quick. Give me a rundown um, of the fit. uh, I just wore high-waisted black velvet pants and a sparkly crop top and, you know, the jewelry and the hair and all that. And everyone just looked so nice. Wait up, wait up. I was wearing the black and white Glen Check suit with the black shirt, black tie, and the red chucks for the pop of color, right? I yep. was looking speedy, yep. athletic, slim. I'd fuck me. Okay. And so there was a beautiful New Year's spread at the Four Seasons. Lobster, oysters, steaks. Yeah, it was... It was absolutely incredible. Lots of champagne. Um, that was one my one night of drinking. Yeah. And my end of the bill was like somewhere around two hundred dollars just for that one night. It was nice. kept it kept it very economical. Um, and then we went back to our our birthday friend and her partner's bungalow. All of us went back and just gave her gifts and celebrated her and. Um, talked a lot and listened to music and we danced the night away so much dancing until we i think we ended up at like three different bungalows that night Mm -hmm. as people went to bed oh yeah and we ended up at our last bungalow and i think we were up until like 4 a.m from the hours of midnight to 4 a.m i got fifteen thousand steps and that whole day i got twenty-five thousand steps the highest amount of steps during the whole trip for me incredible um it was an incredible way to spend the new year just getting to celebrate our friend and then the next her birthday is like literally right after midnight uh she was the first baby of 1990 all right 
Yeah, right. big deal. Was it Austin or San Antonio, Texas? One of the one some big Texas city. She was born like a couple seconds after midnight. Yeah. And then the next day was really, really cool. Um, we all kind of slept in. I think we did the breakfast thing. Mm-hmm. And then Oh yeah, everybody slept in. I had a little bit of a hangover. I was a little foggy, but Drank we were a lot all of wine. we were all okay. And the next day at noon the the bulk of the group except for our birthday friend and her partner we got on a surprise boat and traveled to a private island that was rented out for us for the day mm-hmm. and it was the size of like what a few a few football fields something yeah like that. and we we all got there and it was incredible there were we pulled up to the the shoreline and got out climbed up to the onto the island and there were like three picnic tables set up in the shallow part of the water like in the water with fish swimming yeah, at like there was your a feet. beach and so like the the tables were on the beach in the water in the water and fish were swimming at your feet as you sat there it was really cool mm-hmm. and there was a buffet spread uh, with all food handpicked by our friend's partner for her and us to enjoy yeah, cause they have some like dietary restrictions that like I was impressed. All that stuff was delicious and fit. Yeah. And then, um, so we got to the island. Um, the guides that led us on the boat were wonderful. They were funny and charismatic and they were... Maru and Coco? I don't remember their names, but... Way to go. Um, but anytime we weren't playing our music, they were like playing their ukulele and their guitar. Yeah, just two very fit Samoan guys who were hilarious playing ukulele and when they like we were we invited them to eat with us and like kick it and that whole sort of thing and so like when they took a break we took over the speaker and i remember one point we're playing uh wop by cardi b and uh megan the stallion and so like the lyrics on that are pretty explicit and i i'm not sure that those guys have heard that song too many times before but they were getting down to it and i think that when they they realized what the lyrics were they looked over and they were like wow these lyrics man this song is really good which I found hilarious. So then I told him that, you know, oh yeah, I play this for my grandparents every time they come over, which they found to be pretty funny too. Um, so, so yeah, yeah they were just we, two cool guys. We got there and as soon as we got there, we hid behind like this like little like overhanging shelter thing. We hid and then our birthday friend and her partner arrived on a separate boat because it was a surprise for her. And um, so as we were hiding, I was doing a countdown and as she walked onto the platform, I went three, two, one, and we all jumped up and yelled happy birthday and scared the shit out of her. Peter captured a, go- a, a great photo of her Good being series. so surprised. Yeah. And so, cause she thought she was going on like a romantic getaway with her partner and all of her friends were there. Um, so we got to just enjoy her being surprised and enjoy the, the island. We, there was like endless champagne and wine. So we had some drinks and sat in the water and sat at the picnic tables. And then eventually we all ate lunch and it was really fun to watch people snorkel and go out into the water. Peter at one point sat in the water with one of our friends and a manta ray came up and swam right next to them and right behind them and it got right behind Peter and licked him on the back and it was funny because he didn't know if it was a stingray or not so he was like didn't know if he should be scared and just watching him be so uncomfortable for a minute was so funny 
Well, I was just thinking, you know, Steve Irwin is a better man than I am, and he didn't survive his encounter. So who who am I to say that I'll survive this? Yeah, but we later found out it was a manta ray. Um, so that was cute to watch him get licked on the back. And it was just a delightful way to spend New Year's Day and celebrate our friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were there for several hours and then we cut a cake and sang to her and our guides sang a custom birthday song for her with her name and it was just really nice. And then we took the boat back. Real, real quick side, side note, uh, shout out to the people of Bora Bora, French Polynesia on the whole, everybody there speaks three languages at least. And they're all so fit and beautiful and kind and hospitable and holy cow, A++ would go back if I could, but they only allow in like 200,000 people a year. For reference, Hawaii's like, what, 7 million, something like that, if I remember what our guide said. This is all me just parroting what I heard, so take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, I I don't know. I feel so lucky and so privileged and so, I don't know, this is a once in a lifetime trip. So uh, shout out to the people of French Polynesia. You guys make it an incredible place to be. And make it very special. Like for such a beautiful resort, there were so few people there that it felt intimate and it wasn't too crowded. Like we've stayed at a resort. The staff learned our names. Like by by our third day there, I was getting called Mr. Soto. Like, you know, people were knowing who I was. They knew my drink order. Yep. Um... I would just sit down and they would just bring over the wine that I like. Um, It was cool. And I liked how intimate it was because a resort that we stayed at in Costa Rica earlier this year in March, it was, there were so many people there that like, I kind of felt like I was in like a really big school cafeteria at the breakfast buffet, you know, like it was like adult summer camp basically in Bora Bora. Bora But like I'm saying in Costa Rica, it was like, there were just so many people and it was really crowded that it felt kind of like overwhelming a little bit. But in Bora Bora, there were such fewer people that it really felt like intimate and nice. And like the pool was never too crowded. Like there were only a handful of people ever in the pool or the ocean. So there was plenty of space to just be able to actually hear and enjoy your friends um, and use the facilities in a way that wasn't crowded. And so it was just a really lovely experience. And just like Peter said, I can't overestimate how um, friendly the staff was. Every time they would walk by or drive by in these little golf courts just in passing, they would would say hello to you. Like everybody would say hello to you, um, even if they were busy doing other things. And so it was just, it was a really just pleasant experience. And so we were there after New Year's Day, we were still there for like three more, like the second, third, and fourth. And first half of the fifth too. For and on the fifth, we didn't leave until five o'clock. So we spent, you know, from six a.m. until like five p.m. Just like soaking re- it in, really enjoying our last day. Our friends, our birthday friend and her partner saved their bungalow so that we had one place to go and spend our last several hours and try to drink all of the booze. Oh yeah. Everybody stopped at the duty free on our way out there and got uh, two fifths each of something hard, like tequila or mezcal or vodka or gin or something like that. And uh, then everybody was trying to finish those while six bottles of rosé were ordered. And... and Peter was horrified. Peter was like, 
Liz, you're, you're ordering two bottles? Like, how are we going to drink all of it? Like, no, but like, this is... Oh, and I'm not drinking, by the way. So I'm watching all of two you Two out of 11 this. people weren't drinking. So nine yeah. people were drinking. Me and the pregnant person were not drinking. Oh, there three out of 11 weren't drinking. Oh, yes. And yes. So eight people were drinking. Eight people, And six we finished bottles. six bottles of rosé. Easily. It was hilarious. And then we took our boat back to Tahiti and then took a flight from the Tahiti International Airport back to... You know, the step back to LAX. Oh, wait, real quick. When we left on the boat, the staff waved goodbye to us for so fucking long. I think that there's something in the handbook that says when people leave, you must count to 120. And only at 120 can you, are you allowed to put your arm down and turn around? Right. It was, it was just an experience like I've never had before. Um, so anyways, in short, we're both incredibly grateful as everyone on the trip was to have had such a magical experience with our friends. It was a stupendous way of ending a really long, long year. I feel like we reinforced lifelong friendships, a bunch of them. Yeah. Like, there's certain ones, like the birthday girl who, you know, like, we're, we're already well-established over 20 years, like, as Ryder dies. Right. But, like, there are other people who I didn't know so well that I feel definitely much closer with, would go on another vacation with, hope to in the future... Um, but everybody's like starting to have kids and like, you know, really get roots down. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, but it was just a beautiful time. So grateful and a great way to kick off the new year. I personally have spent the last two days just readjusting back to the central standard time zone. Um, I spent yesterday recovering from traveling. My body felt so beat up from 24 hours of travel after you know, that many days of just food and drink and lounging. Mm -hmm. um, and so my body just felt rough yesterday. So I just like chilled really hard yesterday. But today, Sunday morning, um, Sunday the 8th, I woke up and felt a lot more rested. You know, obviously waking up at noon, having gone to bed at midnight. I feel rested after 12 hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to feel like myself. And so I'm grateful to be back. Um, I know Peter was really grateful to come home. He set up cameras when we left because as you all may remember, he's absolutely obsessed with our two cats, Rihanna and Basquiat. Cat cam. So he had a cat cam set up in different places of the house he knew the cats normally hang out in. And it, while throughout Bora Bora, he was like, Checking on the cats multiple times a day. It was such a relief to just see them alive. Just like, oh, yep, they are alive. Look, there they are. They're right there. They're, they're napping. They're, they're napping. They're, they're sitting in the kitchen. They're licking each other. They're having a good time. They're yeah. looking out the window. Yeah. So to come home and see them in person, was um, Peter was really, really relieved and happy. And it was, it was, honestly, we're just grateful to have bought this house and to have somewhere, like, after being in one of the most beautiful places in the world, having one of the most ma magical experiences in the world, it was nice to have a home to come back to where I felt equally grateful and happy to be here um, in our new home. And so that just also felt like something, like I was just grateful to start the year this way. Yeah, I was grateful for the perspective building that the trip provided. You know, a lot of downtime. I read a lot. I read one autobiography, the Matthew Perry autobiography, because a friend was reading it, uh, start to finish. I read Sapiens um, a couple years ago. Uh, I think won a bunch of awards. 
and then I started Bill Bryson's A Brief History of Nearly Everything. I can't remember the title of that book. Um, and then also your brother got me Friedrich Nietzsche's Beyond Good and Evil. And so I'm like a fourth of the way through that, a third of the way, some, somewhere in there through that so far. And I've been like writing stuff in the margins as I go into the physical copy of that one. Uh, the other ones were audiobooks. And I wrote a little poetry while I was out there and a few aphorisms, got my, my own Nietzsche on, uh, worked out a bunch. I set two progressions, or I, I achieved two progressions while I was out there in my convict conditioning um, journey that I've been going on. So like for the last three months, I've been working out consistently, just following this program that I used to do when I was living in South Korea. So I picked it back up and I'm kind of using it as the foundation of uh, my physical fitness going forward. Because I just find it to be really solid. You can do it anywhere. It's and all body weight. It's all body exercises. weight. It's like low, low opportunity for injury. Um, it's been great for my back. Like I don't have chronic pain. Um, like you know, I'm still stiff, uh, but I don't have that like actual pain that I've experienced in the past. For decades, honestly. Yeah. For well, yeah. At this point, a couple. Yeah, fourteen to thirty-four. Yeah, that's two. So it's multiple. Um, God, so old. But yeah, no, I feel really about that. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about that at length at some point since we're starting this thing back up. I'm sure that'll come up. Um, so yeah, you got, were saying lots of downtime. Got to think about business things. Got to talk about business-related things with like some people that I really respect in those uh, you know, different fields related to my interests. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've been trying to like live as the person that I want to be a lot more. And one of the big things that I'm like, trying to do more of that's difficult is actually apologize when I'm in the wrong. And I did that, uh, on the trip. Like I kind of had this little goal, this private goal for myself to like, before I get off the Island of Bora Bora that I wanted to like really make, uh, a straightforward and heartfelt apology to someone that I had wronged in the past that was on the trip. And I did it and that feels good. Uh, that was a difficult thing. It, it was maybe a little awkward, but I did it for myself and I need to get it out. I'm not in recovery. I'm not in AA. Just want everybody to know. <laughs> um, but it is just like, you know, if I'm going to be someone who like has real wisdom, you know, a part of that is like knowing when you're wrong and like actually owning up to it because that's like hard emotional work to do. Yeah. And so I did it and I feel really proud about that. So like, I feel like I, I physically am feeling very strong. I'm emotionally feeling very strong, morally feeling very strong and righteous. Like Nietzsche's got me feeling my will to power. Like I'm, I'm feeling like I need to, need to exert my power on something. And honestly, for me, the Liz trip, has been loving that. <laughs> the trip for me that with the downtime was more about just having peace of mind, and not thinking about work. And I've, I've really have spent the, all of 2022, the end, the last three months of 2021, and all of 2022 starting my business, my therapy practice, and just really grinding hard, like really, really hard so that we could, you know, buy this house and, you know, meet our goals that we have set for ourselves as a family. And so I've been so like business minded and that to have over a week of just it took me a couple of days of like traveling to like stop thinking about my work but once we were really in Bora Bora and doing it my mind was so clear and so at peace 
And even during the massage with every push out that they would do, like on my muscles, I kept imagining myself releasing tension from the year, releasing tension from my work, releasing tension from, you know, as a therapist, you're, you're, you're really a listener of stories and you, you're holding space and helping people carry pain so that they're not isolated and alone in their pain. And so, you know, that's a lot of energy to be stored up in one's mm -hmm. body. And so I really felt like, feel like I got to release a year and three months worth of tension and story carrying and just clear my mind and relax and just be completely and utterly at peace. Didn't I keep saying that to you on the trip? Mm -hmm. I feel at peace. I feel at peace. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it was coming off of a really great Christmas holiday with Peter and our family. Um, and that was peaceful. And then immediately going to Bora Bora after that, like it was just nice to have basically two weeks of peace of mind. And now I'm just feeling ready to, I go back to work tomorrow and start 2023. Right. And yeah, I just, I feel, you know, I feel ready. Yeah. I feel like the trip really kind of primed me for killing it this year in 2023. I feel very motivated. I feel very rested relaxed. I'm glad that I took an extra day off. Uh, Monday, just to, tomorrow. Monday, yeah, to just get whatever I need done, done. I mean, I've already been working on projects and, you know, we're completely unpacked, or I'm completely unpacked. I'm still completely packed. Um, and I'm, I'm already back on, like, my, I've got everything organized. My email is at zero. My, You're so proud of that. My product or project management stuff for my personal life is all caught up and scheduled out and I'm working on it. And this is part of that. And I feel really good that we are getting back on the horse with the podcast. This episode is a little longer than our usual, but I hope it's been it's kind of more of a reflection for us, yeah. honestly, for almost for ourselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of why I'm doing this. It's, it's, you know, Let's have an archive of, you know, our lives just for ourselves. Who cares if anybody else listens? But then I know that there are certain of our friends who find it fun to keep up with us in this way. And I like that they can keep up with us in this way. So in that way, it's for them. And if anybody else finds it interesting, that's cool too. Like maybe there are things like, cause we're kind of like honest and raw people. So if there are things about our lives that other people can, you know, find insight from or like identify with or just commiserate, you know, sometimes, because I do a lot of bitching, um, you know, maybe that's valuable, but whatever it is, you know, it's probably stuff that we don't even know about at this point, point. and either way, we're vain enough to put it out, so let's go. Let's do this.